that we've got company. Hello. Trust me, Hera, I'm excited. This is my excited face. Oh, he's making me so happy. I like you. You don't fit in around here either. All right, if I tag along. More the merrier. Get ready to be impressed. You ready to be impressed, Tam? I'm completely ready. Bright suns, everyone. You're listening to the Geeky Bubble Podcast, where we talk about the Star Wars animated shows from the comfort of our own geeky bubble. I'm your host, Jenna Marie, and with me is the cad vein to my toothpick, <laughs> my mom, <laughs> Maria. See, I switched it this time. You're not the toothpick or the bow yeah, or the chip. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to discuss the Bad Batch episode, Reunion. Yes, so Reunion was written by Christian Taylor, who had also written Cornered earlier this season, and it's directed by Stuart Lee. So, to start off, I wanted to briefly address something from the previous episode, Battle Scars, and how I completely forgot to mention that Rex, earlier in the production of Star Wars The Clone Wars, was supposed to be named Alpha. But because Ahsoka, Anakin, and R2 would have been too many A's, they decided to change Rex's name. But essentially, in that episode, you have Alpha meeting Omega. Yeah. And I thought, oh my god, that's so cool! (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't I think about this sooner for the podcast? So yeah, yeah, I just thought, let me just throw that out there because it's such a cool little fact to think about. The Alpha and the Omega. Yeah. And so the episode title, Reunion, it's a reunion for, obviously, the Bad Batch and Crosshair. But sadly, Mommy, it ends with a separation of Omega from the Bad Batch. Yep. (laughs) Let me tell you something. We knew it because we we, we have said it. This is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. We knew that it was going that way. Yeah. Yeah. But still... It, you're not prepared for it. Nope. And then the way it happened, it's just like, oh my gosh, I didn't think that would happen. <laughs> but my friend, my best friend, Alisa, who is Alphadel on Twitter, in case you wanted to follow her and her many awesome insights. But she said, it's also a reunion between the audience and Cad Bane. Bane. Yeah. <laughs> because the last, time, the last time we saw Cad Bane, it was in season four of The Clone Wars. And... I just thought, oh man, oh man, it's Cad Bane. And then when I really thought about it, I thought, oh no, it's Cad Bane. (laughs) Because I I, I knew something good was not going to come out of this interaction. When I I saw him, I went like, holy, you know, Jonah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bit more graphic than that. But yeah. yeah, it was just an amazing, amazing reaction. And quite the reunion, for sure. And... What was also cool, too, that he also showed up on Sabine's walls as a graffiti back in Star Wars Rebels. I guess she thought he was someone to look up to as a bounty hunter because she also had Embo, who's that guy with the very cool hat, on her wall as well. And she was a bounty hunter for a little while. So maybe she had, you know, people she looked up to. And Cad Bane was one of them, which is really weird to think about. Well, you know, techniques. Yeah, that's true. We we know it's horrible, but still, they're good at what they do. Yeah. They have techniques, so... It's true. It's true. And some of my more favorite moments of the episode between the Bad Batch members, because everyone had a really good 
focus in this episode, I think. They had all highlights and special moments. But Echo in particular, for sure, had some great moments. And he was very vocal about his opinions. With a hole like this, Siddle owe us for a change. If we'd left with Rex, we wouldn't have to owe Sid at all. He's on a different path than us. Hunter. We're soldiers. What other path is there? So, do you think Echo was being a bit narrow-minded in this episode? Being that, you know, his rag side is talking more than his bad bachelor side? Well, okay. So, this is all they have known all their lives. In his case, this is what he's suited for. He doesn't see himself doing anything else. So, it's not that it's his reg side. It's the fact that he want to feel comfortable. He want to feel like he's doing something more than just escaping. Right. Yeah, and that's what they've been running, doing. Yeah. Which is what they've been doing. And it's not a, a great life to be in the run, on the run. And to be owing people. Like yeah, said, said yeah. you know? So... Rather, they be soldiers on a good cause, on the side of something good, than just living the day by day that they have been doing. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And the way that he said they're soldiers, what else could they be? And that's why I thought, well, isn't that a little bit narrow-minded? Because, you know, you could be other things as well. Well, right now, this is all he can see. See, this is the thing, like, when you are on the run, there's not much time for you to be thinking of other things. Mm -hmm. Because you're constantly running, you're constantly looking for the next place to hide. Right. So, even if he were to have aspirations of anything else, at this moment, this is the only way he sees to stop running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what do you think Hunter really wants? Because to me, Hunter is all over the place. And like how you said, with them being on the run, they don't really have time to think about what they should be doing next, what they should be doing permanently, maybe. And do you think Hunter wants a life outside of being a soldier? Something like what Cut and Sue have, where they have like a life on the farm and have kids. You know, what is it that he's looking for? And he's not being vocal about it. so, So this is the thing. Hunter is the quiet guy. Number one. Yes. Number two, he he's the self-proclaimed uh, leader. Yeah. So he has two things fighting in his head. Number one, he lost a member that is not really lost, and he feels guilty for it. And number two, he gained a new member for which he feels extremely responsible. So he has these two things battling with each other. And he doesn't know what to do because if he goes towards saving the member he lost and going back for him, he may end up losing the member he gained, which he feels so close and so responsible for. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And he, if he continues to the path of trying to protect this new member, then he not only risks permanently losing the one that is already gone, but also the ones that are left. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to balance. He is yeah. in a very, very tough position. And I don't think he sees a specific way out other than we need to gain some sort of independence. Mm-hmm. And at this point, that will be from Sid. Yes. 
And remember, and I keep saying this, they're all skillful and they're all unbelievably amazing at, at what they do, but they always went into battle with a specific goal. It was an operation. Everything was mapped out. They had everything they needed. Right. Now they're on their own. Everything that's happening is spontaneous. They're learning as they go. So Hunter not only is still the leader, but now he doesn't have the backup, the, the information, the, the tools that he needs to be that great leader. Right. And I, I was going to ask you because I had jotted it down in my notes. But, you know, Echo obviously is taking an issue with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that as a result of that, do you think that Hunter is a good leader. Like, has he has he been making good decisions? Because a good leader is someone who listens and someone who has a clear vision. And to me, it's sort of like he's not doing both or he's trying to do both while still handling everything else that's coming out their way. I think he is a good leader in the sense that he is the straighter head in the group. So, so he he sees things from above. Right. The others are very tailored to one kind of way of thought. Exactly. He has also the ability to like think. That's why he was the leader because he he could at the moment see things which his hunting uh, and ability uh, help him do. He could see things in the moment and point to the others what to do. Right. So he is a leader. The problem is that right now he's lost. He he he's lost in that role and the other roles that have opened up because of the fact that they no longer has have a support right for their missions. They're on their own. So he's struggling with all these things happening around him at the same time right yeah and then with crosshair in the picture in this episode it just brought me back to the beginning in the series premiere where he and crosshair are constantly butting heads and and the crosshair is questioning his leadership abilities like you're no longer fit to be leader and i feel like him returning in this episode resurfaces that that thought in hunter's head but the the thing we have to remember is that crosshair questioned his leadership abilities but not necessarily because he thought he was a bad leader but because of the struggles that he was having in his own head, head yes. with the chip and the command yeah you know mm-hmm. so so you know his questioning wasn't really because if he had questioned he probably would have questioned away before way beforehand yeah but he he was questioning now because of the fact that the chip was already altering his way of seeing things Mm. the following orders right the reason i brought it up is because it was only working 50 percent at the time but it was I don't want to say it was enhancing things that were there, but because he was more inclined to be this Order 66 type of soldier, that maybe there was some truth in Crosshair to to voice that. that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that in terms of Crosshair himself, because we also know from having met the Bad Batch before, Crosshair is not just the shootout or the lookout guy. Mm-hmm. He he also has a mind of his own. He also have an ability to see and think and, you know, strategize. Right. So I think that that at that moment was 
more of a difference of opinion uh, as I to see. how to address the situation. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, tech and wrecker aren't really, they just follow along. Yeah. Whereas Echo, being a reg, being so used to following a structure, orders, he definitely had to tell Hunter something. And we yeah. also saw him and Hunter have a bit of an issue when Hunter was trying to sell him in Cornered. <laughs> and I like that Christian Taylor had written that episode, had written this episode, and he is, you know, giving us something between Hunter and Echo that... I find fascinating, really, because you, you you have these two very powerful, opinionated voices and they're clashing because they, they want something different. Yeah, but the thing is that they work together. Yes. And that's the lesson in all of this. You can have a different opinion from mine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the fact that we, at the moment of truth, are able to put aside some of the details that we are most close to, put them aside so that we can do something for the common good. That's what makes a good leader. Right. And I think this is Echo and Hunter, Hunter in a nutshell. Yes, we we have our own opinions. We think we should be doing different things, but at the moment of truth, we're going to work together. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Which brings me into my next question slash theory. You know, Echo obviously was very resistant in some of the things that they were doing, and he thought they should have gone with Rex. Mm -hmm. And so do you think that he will part ways from the group and break off to go with Rex, sort of like what Ron, Harry, and Hermione and Harry Potter Remember Ron ended yeah, up splitting away. away. It probably won't happen, but it is in a good place to have Echo be like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And and Hunter will, will accept it, right. will appreciate it. Cause, and again, that's what makes him the leader. It's just that right now, he is being pulled from so many Besides, places, from yeah. so many sides that he doesn't know where he stands. Right. And, and another thing is, in the life of a so-called leader, they're always going to be that point where they question, am I a good leader? Right. Am I doing the right thing? One of the things, I, I wish there was like a novel that came out alongside of this show because you don't really get to see a lot of the things that are happening in their heads. You only see what, what's going on in the show and it's usually just very surface level type of interaction. So you have to put in some of the depth in there yourself because I, I just, I feel like there's so much potential in exploring Hunter's character, what he's thinking, exploring the other characters and what they're thinking. We're too cerebral. Cerebral, Jonah. We're too cerebral for this show. No, but that, that's the thing. I, that's the thing I like about it chill yeah about the fact that it doesn't tell you everything yeah but it gives you the tools for you to think right right and and, and imagine and this is what i love about the, the the shows like rebels and resistance and now bad batch is the fact that yeah yeah i wish i could have more but you're giving me enough that i can make my own world exactly yeah it's true. And I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the reason I brought up Harry, Ron, and Hermione, I would love the uh, the situation in which, you know, Echo leaves. They end up just 
them three with Omega, hopefully they get Omega back working together. And then if they're in a situation that they need help, that's when Echo comes back. back. Sort of like how Ron came back when Harry and Hermione needed it most. So, yeah. How cool would that be? How cool? So Echo also had another great moment, and that was when, it was very minor, but it's when the troopers, the clone troopers or stormtroopers, I don't know what they are at this point, but when they're in the ship and they're going through the hallways and they they hide after the troopers are gone, they come out and Echo says what the troopers are doing. They're going to do a forward to aft sweep. So that's where his reg side is coming out because the group, Bad Batch, have only worked with themselves. They don't know the procedures or what the clone troopers do because they've never been part of that side of the army. Mm -hmm. They've always been separate from the army. So I like that Echo is the one feeding them how they're going to do what they're going to do next. Yeah, but then they forget that they have a Bad Batch (laughs) on the other side. Yeah. Who knows exactly how the other side is yeah. going to think? And I really love, I really love how they were predicting <laughs> each other's uh, movements. movements. Yeah, yeah, that was such a great because they they're in each other's heads. They know, yeah, know what the other one's going to do, and they're trying to like best the other, trying to be several steps ahead. And and, and, and there's a moment where um, Wrecker says uh, in mission seven, I think it was oh, yeah. or something. Like, like, and Tech says that this has nothing to do Echo, with Echo. This has nothing to do with Mission 7. With- like, you see that they are used to specific ways, scenarios, scenarios yeah. of operating. Yeah. And this is where he they, they need to get away from. Yeah. They need to start improvising. Yes. Because Crosshair is going to always figure things based on what he knows they're going to be thinking. Exactly. But if they start thinking differently, if they start working in a different way, not purely reg, not purely bad badge, that's going to be the key for them to stay away. Exactly. Yeah. And that that's going to have to be the key for them to rescue Omega. Yes, they have to think outside the box. Because we don't know if they're going to be able to intercept Omega before she gets to El Camino. To El Camino. I love how you say El Camino. It's Camino. <laughs> El Camino. That's that's what it is to me. Okay. In my head, it's El Camino. Got it. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Don't go against me, my I'm sorry, little lady. I'm sorry. A little lady. Are you trying to be? See, you are the cat being to my toothpick. You just, you just threw the toothpick away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, if she gets to Camino before they can intercept her. They're going to have to start thinking outside the box. They're going to have to start thinking away from what regs will, the way regs will think and the way bad batches are supposed to be thinking. Right. Because they're going to be in the middle of both. And one of the things that I kept bringing up or and when I was talking with my best friend about it was... Up until this point, the Bad Batch have been learning, obviously. They've been put in situations that have really stumped them, and they've had to find a way to get out of it. And I'm hoping now that we're past the, we're going to be past the midpoint now, and that we're just a straight, steep slope down to the finale. 
I'm hoping they're going to take those things that they've learned and apply them. I know that they're so used to doing a certain way because of the fact that they were soldiers and they had to follow strategy and they were given everything. But it's at the point now where they have to start applying themselves differently because... You know, they're capable of doing what it is that they need to do. Yes, they are. It's just that, like, they're not used to it. Yeah. Which, again, goes to why they have stayed with Sid, why they have done some of the things that they have done, because they're not used to anything else. Right. But now they took Omega. Yeah, and I feel like Omega is going to push them to to, to that. To to be their own independent yes. group. Yeah. And you a team. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, they really need to reinvent themselves. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, especially if they want to continue surviving in yeah. this era of the Empire. So last week, I had mentioned, or we had mentioned, we were talking about it, in the Braca mm-hmm. uh, environment, that there's a lot of things to salvage. And we thought, maybe this is where they're going to get stuff to, you know, pay off their debt to Sid. And it turned out to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so it, it was so sad because they started with so many things, <laughs> and by the time they went, they came to the end, they had nothing. Yeah, it was all done in vain. Although we may still have something, because you know tech. Te- oh yes, and his tech, little yes. surprises with information. Yeah, that's right. He's an information dealer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he did mention. He did mention that the information that might be stored. Yeah. In that much value. It has much more value. And he had called Omega to copy that. So my question to you is, what do you think they're going to do with that information? And to me, I feel like they're going to use that to pay off Sid. Uh, either that or they're going to use it to go against the Empire. That too, yeah. Or or I was also thinking maybe they could give it to Rex because they know Rex has a has like something set up, a little something to be able to... First, we need to know if he actually managed to yes. get some info. I, I imagine they did. I imagine they did. But, uh, even though but, they were but distracted. I, but I call, I call Tech the information dealer because yeah. he is so obsessed with information. Yeah. He wants info. He wants to know. <laughs> And because of the fact that they ended up using that stuff in vain, and you know, like they they don't really have any of the armaments left. Not even Wrecker's beautiful proton torpedo. Oh my god, he was kissing that thing. So, oh my Jesus, Wrecker, get your own room. Yeah. My gosh. It was so funny, so funny. And you know, because of the fact that they don't have these things anymore, do you think Hunter feels guilty? Because obviously Omega's gone now. He put his squad in this position. And I feel like if he had gone along with what Echo said about how they should have just left, this would not have happened. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. I know, right? You know? (laughs) We know life is all about choices. It's all about decisions. And a box of chocolates. Yes. (laughs) So, so, you know, I think he's going to start questioning himself and whatnot. But I think this is also an opportunity for all of them to realize that they each have more to offer than what their specific skill is. Mm. I think this is the time where they're going to start working more like a, a cohesive unit as opposed as a unit where there's independent because we know that let, let's take an industry 
An industry has many departments. Each department works in their own way. They have their unique set of skills, but they are one company. Mm -hmm. But they still separate departments. This one doesn't know what the other one is doing. However, in this team, I want to see them working more like a cohesive unit where everybody knows what the next one is going to think. Just like Crosshair right now knows exactly how tech is going to think, right. what he's going to predict. Because that predictable comment was all about tech. Yeah. So it's so predictable yeah. because it's about tech and the way he thinks. Mm-hmm. He knows how Hunter is going to think. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. And when he, he doesn't even bother to think about the way Wrecker yeah. is going to think. Exactly. In the Iron Chamber, when they were almost coming out, he almost shot yeah. Tech. You you hear Crosshair say, uh, think again, Hunter. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he knows. Yeah. So, now it's them. They need to start doing that. They need to start thinking like Crosshair and think think more not as to what am I good at, but what else can I be good at? Right. Which is what Omega symbolizes, is all their skills put together. Right. And this is what now I think it needs to happen. And I think this is where Hunter is going to show his real leadership skill. Because again, a, a good leader knows when to let it go. Right. And this is when he's going to have to look to the others and say, okay, guys, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot keep shooting out the orders. You need to help me. Right. You need to have your own input in what we're supposed to be doing. So we'll see how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so curious. Yeah. I have a feeling... He feels guilty. I have a feeling Omega also feels guilty because she knows that the bounty hunters were after her. Hunter went down like a fly and she probably thinks that he's dead. dead. So I think they're both feeling like I, I wish things could have gone differently. Yeah, the should have, could have, would have. Yes, exactly. And, and, and I wonder how that's going to motivate them moving forward. Like, are they going to feel bad about themselves yeah. or are they going to do something about it? We, and I, I feel like it's going to be the latter. We know that there's many, many ways in which something can end up happening. You know, the path not taken, as they say. You never know. And if you get stumped into that if scenario, you're never going to go ahead, get ahead. Yeah, exactly. So this is the moment where they need to just get out of it and start saying, okay, you know what? This is not the old Bat Batch. We are not clone 99 anymore. We're something different. Yeah, and I'm curious how Echo is going to react. Is he going to be like, I told you so? (laughs) You know, like we should have just left. Or is he also going to be like, you know what? We need to move forward. Yeah. And and one other thing that I really loved about the individual Bad Batch member moments was the, the fact that Tech and Wrecker seem to take jabs at each other yeah <laughs> every every once in a while they just because you have tech who says things to wrecker and of course it goes right over wrecker's head and wrecker is going to feel insulted or annoyed with tech for that and so whenever tech starts talking he's going to say you know what shut up i don't care <laughs> <laughs> and then you have uh moments where Wrecker is handling something and Tech is going to be like, oh, you know, what? I, I don't find that comforting at all. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they really do act like siblings in that way, because I feel like my brother and I are the same. Where we oh, take yeah. jabs at each oh, other. Oh, yeah. And 
Oh, yeah. But at the same time, and, I'm, and we'll get to it, but there's a listener who wrote in how that can also be hurtful. I, I saw it as like a funny thing because my brother and I just handle it in a more funny way. But of course, there it could go to the other end where it's not no longer funny anymore. Actually, I should just bring it up. So Jen said, tech kicking out at the Ion engine makeup and then being told by record to shut it, it was so relatable to me. It, it was actually painful. He's probably grown a thick skin by now, but still, that hurt. That this is where to the point that they have to come where they they all have to like accept and, and see and understand each other's abilities what am i good at how can i help this, this group right right my friend my best friend elisa she said in response to tech and the way that wrecker said you know it doesn't you know who cares whatever she said that maybe that's the reason why tech withholds information because nobody cares, yes. and why should I volunteer any for any information? Yeah. And that could possibly be the reason why yeah. he keeps everything to himself. But thank you so much, Jen, for highlighting that. You know, it can be very hurtful. And I, and I thought Wrecker was a bit too forceful in that moment, too. But we also know that he listens when strategies are being put into place. Wrecker? And- Record. Oh, okay. And this is a part of what tech does. Right. So, like, like you said, it's, it's like a sibling kind of situation. Right. And Jen has a good point. It is hurtful. I do also think that they know each other so well. I, and again, I go to Crosshair knowing exactly what everybody else was thinking. Right. They know each other so well in that sense that they have develop coping mechanisms like i see tech not giving out all the information right but still doing what he needs to be doing right not stopping him from doing what he needs to be doing yes i i have a headcanon where if wrecker or tech were to be separated for any reason that they miss each other well we actually saw how important tech is when the Empire was testing Clone Force 99 in that chamber. Yes, yes. Tech was the one that went down. Yes, that's right. It was Wrecker who was wanted to, to do something. I don't I don't remember. And, and he was going to jump and then uh, Hunter said, wait. Yeah, and, and, that's right. And they strategized yeah. something. But he was the first in. Right, yes. You know I, what I think I, I remember it being sort of that way. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so you see that inclination that this is my brother. Right, I need right. to save him. So, so, yeah, they do bump heads, but then they also care about each other. Right. They, they also protect each other. I just hope that we see a little bit more of that. That, yes. Where, you know, right now we're seeing a lot of their butting heads, yes. which, which could be comical. But then I, I hope that they also do some of the more sensitive moments, brotherly love moments. Well, and that's what we may be headed to again with them having to start looking to each other right. for more than just that specific skill that each of them has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's hoping they, they start complimenting each other. Yeah. <laughs> Although it might come out as a little bit too forced <laughs> in that way. Well, come Force 99. What? Force. Oh, Clone okay. Force. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Hey, I take it everywhere yeah, I can that see was, it. That was a total mom joke. Okay? Yes. 
You know how they're dad and jokes? I'm laughing at it. That was a mom <laughs> joke. And I'm laughing at it. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> All right. So let's move into, let's talk about crosshair. Why didn't Hunter see this? as an opportunity to grab Crosshair somehow and eventually remove his ship somewhere else. You know, do do they actually have this intention? Because last week we talked about how maybe they have hope now that they can remove Crosshair's ship. But this didn't come across at all in any of their interactions. Well, because there was no time for it at all. Like, Crosshair came with a, a huge... Right, and I feel like the Bad Batch could have had a very shining moment where they maybe could have picked off one by one, sort of like that episode in The Mandalorian where he picks off the people that he works with in that prisoner episode. You know, it's dark. They have an advantage, you could say. And I feel like they could have picked off the group one by one to the point where they could get Crosshair. And it could have been a completely different episode, of course. But I feel like this isn't in the back of their minds at all. I feel like they're being put into situations where they have no choice but to do what they need to do in order to get out of those situations. I see. We have to remember, Crosshair knows how they think. And right now, Crosshair is being dominated by the prime directive wow. of his uh, implant, of wow, his uh, mommy. inhibitorship. I love how you combine Star Trek and Star Wars there. Oh, yeah, baby. That was very well done. <laughs> while, while he knows what the others are thinking and he's strategizing based on that, he is a one-line goal. Like, right. this this is the goal. I need to take them. I need to right. take them down. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not going to be easy. And the situations are not going to present themselves unless they, they make it happen. And right now, the group is not in the position of making a situation happen where they can have the advantage and take back Crosshair. Right. But I, I wish someone could have voiced something to that effect. Like, oh, maybe we could grab Crosshair or something. Because it, it comes across as it's either him or us. They should at least acknowledge the, the fact that they could kill Crosshair at any point, and Crosshair can kill them. Like, did they even have that in their minds? Or at least struggled with the fact that they could have killed him? Ah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, It's just that in the heat of the moment, you don't see it. But there's a moment where a hunter tells him, why are you doing this? Like, you stop, think, because you, you are being... Um, dominated, you are being controlled and Omega steps out and says he's telling the truth you know, they're bringing the point across, it's just that they're in the position they are in the situation they are nothing much is going to come out of it but we do know that they know it and they're thinking of it right, yeah, and speaking of the inhibitor chips, Hunter and Omega do tell Crosshair that that's what's controlling him Crosshair, wake up you're being controlled by an inhibitor chip. He's telling the truth. The Kaminoans put chips in all the clones. Remember what I told you in the brick? You can't help it. Do you think anything is going to come of that? Do you think there's something in the back of his mind that is now clicking? Because to me, it didn't. But I did notice the elite squad behind him reacting to it. And I wonder if they're going to be suspicious of the Kaminoans and and the Empire moving forward. But what do you think about Crosshair? 
at the moment that happened, I was hoping for it. Yeah. But when the engine fried his head yes. and almost killed him, I think that at that moment, whatever was, if there was ever anything happening in the back of his head, now he was only seeing red. Right. You know? And I wanted to get to that. But, but, but before we get to that point, Wrecker told Omega in the previous episode that he was aware, that he tried to stop himself. Was there any point in this episode where you saw or thought Crosshair was present in any way? Like, no. no I didn't see it either. No. And I think that's because they have been working on him and, and the constantly. programming constantly. Yeah. I think that they have magnified that programming a hundredfold just so that it sticks and it doesn't revert it's back. Just, it's so sad Yes, to think it about. is. It is. Yeah. It, it's extreme. It's like erasing a, a person's personality yeah. completely. It's criminal. They, yeah. they <laughs> don't, don't we ever get to see what happened to the Kaminoans? So... No, not really. We don't get to hear or see what it was that happens to them. There was an episode in Rebels where Ezra, Sabine, and Zeb go to a medical facility. Yes. That was a clone Republic medical facility. I remember in Clone Wars, we saw Nala say in one of those, but it was just abandoned. There was nothing, there was no one there, but we don't really have an idea of what happened to the Kaminoans. We know that the Kamino symbol continues to exist, the patches that the younger clones have in Attack of the Clones because Dr. Pershing in The Mandalorian has one on his arm. But we don't know what happens to the Kaminoans exactly. And I have a feeling the show is going to tell us because, as we know, the Kaminoans and the Empire are Are having beef beef with each other. (laughs) All I'm saying, my my point is like, uh, they need to pay for, for what they're done. Oh, yeah, the Kaminoans. Because yeah. uh, they, they have done a horrible thing. And the Empire, too, for sure. It's disgusting. Yes, yeah. it is. Because it not is. only did you make people to control them and wipe them whenever it felt necessary, it's just it's disgusting. Mm, yes. Yeah, I just I don't have any other word for it. Since you mentioned Crosshair and the Ion blast that hit him it looks like the side of his head is damaged and then part of me was like oh man does that mean that his chip got fried maybe now he can start remembering himself who knows oh that's a good yeah. point i didn't think of that uh, i i only saw him seem red, red. and then know? there's that possibility where maybe it's just damaged but it's damaged in the wrong way where it's like full throttle, throttle and now fused yeah. and they cannot take it ever out yeah, exactly <laughs> part of me thought wow that's really interesting i didn't think they would go that way they made him sort of like darth vader where he has disfigurements now mm-hmm. at least i think that's where they're going to go and part of me also thought in in media there's a tendency to make disfigured characters the bad guys. I mean, they have Wrecker who has the thing on his on his head that shows that he's suffered from an explosion. They have obviously Echo who has all of the damage from the separatists. So we do have characters that have disfigurement, that have disabilities that are good. But I feel like Crosshair being the fact that he's being controlled to have him physically become that ogre. Yeah. Is, it, are they trying to tell us that he's now bad? That he's now the villain? And and, and it's sad because uh, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Because he is not who he is because 
let me get something straight. Crosshair, he had that temperament. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay. But he was not a bad guy, a bad person per se. He, he he was part of his group. He he worked with his group. He was a good soldier. Yeah. Which is what he was created for. It's not only bad the fact that he was created just for that purpose, but to add to it the ship and the domination of the potential of who he was, who he could be right. by this ship. And to add insult to injury, by making him the the horrible, you know, uh, disfigured, come on. yeah, yeah, yeah. sort like, of like Vader in that way. Yeah. The, the 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 thing is that Anakin had a choice at some point, right? I guess you could and see they, it like that. And, and they took the other road, right, as opposed to the harder one, you right. know. But Crosshair, but Crosshair didn't, have, didn't that. have that choice, right? To to use that. With him, it would be doubly wrong. Yeah. You know? So I'm curious how they're going to handle it moving forward. And I don't think I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I haven't seen people mention it on Twitter. I still haven't had a chance to listen to other people's podcasts. I understand your point. And, and I see it. I get it. And I do understand that that's because in the end, that is the single thought that comes across. But I see him more as the outer part expressing the inner. Like the the disfigurements are more than just a person being disfigured, but the disfigurement representing symbolically the ugliness inside. I see. But like I said, Crosshair had no choice. He was made to be this way. Right, yeah. And 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 and, and we know by records experience he cannot stop himself right exactly so i i'm curious how they're going to handle it even rex said it right yeah and something else i wanted to talk about was how crosshair told his backup to aim at omega oh yeah oh so that was like such a tense moment and you know the implications behind this are that the bad batch aren't going to suspect the empire and the kaminoans as the people that want Omega, because this entire time I was like, well, why haven't they put together the fact that it's the Kaminoans? The Kaminoans want her. <laughs> uh, but with him saying, in your weapons at Omega, it gives them the impression, oh, okay, so it's not the Kaminoans. Even if there was a, a, a little thought in the back of their minds that it was the Kaminoans or the Empire, now they have like some sort of confirmation that it's not. Um, Which is why I think it's going to lead them to try to find those answers. And, of course, it's just going to lead them back to the Kaminoans. I saw that part more of, again, Crosshair knowing exactly how they think. He knows they're going to protect Omega. Yes. So, let's point to Omega. Yeah. It's not that we're going to shoot her or anything because, you know, I'm still trying to, to, to think a little bit good. Right. But... He's going to want to protect her, let's point to her so that we can dominate him. Exactly. It's just a way to, to uh, overpower him. But, yeah, I, I hope that they see that. Again, with them starting to think more about what happened in this in this moment where they were being outsmarted at every step. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that Crosshair knew how they thought, that they also see that. Right. It was also such a stark contrast between 
record holding the blaster at Omega. And of course, here at this point in time with Crosshair pointing at Omega, Crosshair has been just so manipulated that you don't see hesitation. You don't hear the words struggling coming out of his mouth. Whereas for Wrecker, you do hear that because you can tell that he's fighting it off. And I just, I really loved how, you know, that was last week's episode. Now we have this week and you can see the the contrast, the contrast between yeah. those two moments. And, and just to go back to the the burning of crosshair patty asked crosshair is really hurt he did not look good at the end of the episode is that going to make him even more crazy which is what you were saying yeah like him possibly seeing more red yeah because we know that that they have this animosity at this point uh, uh, crosshair and and hunter right And, and now you know he's gonna see it in the picture not only he's dealing with whatever, if any, remnants of why am I doing this in his head every time he does something because he's been ordered to, but now he's going to see it in the mirror. Yes. You know, like... Argh. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And so so I, I like the point that you brought up that maybe the chip gets damaged. Yes. And, and he, he has more opportunity to question. But I, I, the moment I saw it, I saw, oh, man, yeah. he's now pissed and he's not going to let them go. Exactly. And and Jen also asked, is he too far gone now that his injuries messed him up enough to mark him as a villain like they did to Anakin and Kylo? Oh, yeah. And I forgot. Kylo also has that scar on his face. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very curious because I thought... Initially, I thought that the general path of the show was going to be them going to Camino for, uh, for whatever reason, and then hopefully using the facilities there to get the chip out of Crosshair. But because this happened, this throws a wrench in all of that. I, I, I honestly don't know what to expect. I don't know what to think now. Is, is it that the chip has been fried or is it that the chip has been so mold- melded into his brain that is actually making him even more of the you know horrible hor- yeah the horrible man that man they've made him, made him to be, to be. And I, I just don't know. I, I really don't. And I really love that about the show because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But I also want to know. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Patty and Jen, for those questions. And I also found Crosshair's, I suggest you drop your weapon. You know, that choice of words. I found that to be very interesting because Crosshair, I feel, is the type of guy to shoot first and ask questions later. But to suggest to Hunter to drop his weapon, I, maybe that was him mocking or I just found those choice of words very interesting for the type of person he's become. Do yeah. you, you get what I mean? Yeah, which you could pick out and interpret as that little Maybe thing. Maybe it's a little bit of crosshair. Of, uh, in, yeah. in the back of his head, trying to question, you know, what I've been told. I've been told to kill them, to take them out. Right. But at that moment, I am suggesting I'm not going to take you out. I'm going to bring you alive. Right. Yeah, that's what it was. You know? Yeah. So, so it's that little part of him still questioning. Unless he thought, you know, they put their guns down and we can just shoot, shoot him right, right, away, yeah. right away. But yeah. It was, but I don't think he will see any honor on that. And and one thing that we know... Well, I mean, I don't know because in, this, in replacements, they shot those rebel people mercilessly, ruthlessly. And yeah. I don't think there was any honor in there. No, no. But I'm, these are his brothers. Ah, uh, I see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So... And and now going into the Omega part of this episode, I really love how Wrecker was teaching her how to disarm, disarm yeah, the bomb, uh, uh, thermal explosive. explosive. 
and turn out to be a smoke, smoke bomb. bomb. It says, I'm not going to give you a real one. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> like, that oh, so I don't know, record. I know. I feel like <laughs> it, it was also part terrifying in addition to being funny because it's like, record, your teaching methods are out there. Out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I thought, you know, I thought Kanan was a bit out there with his teaching methods, but Wrecker really tops him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when uh, when um, uh, Echo came out and said, how did the lesson go? Yeah, how did the test go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and despite having watched him do it just once, I think that she caught on the terminology very well. She picked it up more than I would have if I was in her situation, because I would not have known what to say to be able to get to that point, even though she cut the wrong cord. But but this is the thing we know about Omega, that when she's practicing, when she's learning, she may not be good at it. No. But when the time comes, comes. she's going to know exactly what to do. And we saw that with her bow. She yeah. wasn't hitting the mark. She wasn't hitting the bullseye consistently. But then later on in the episode, when the moment called for it, she was it's, able it's to sort of like all those skills hone in at the moment of, of stress. Exactly. And boom. And I feel like this is going to come back in the next episode with Cad Bane. If, if we're to see her being held in his ship rather than going straight to Kamino, I think we're going to see some of the things that she's been learning from the Bad Batch and they're going to be put into use. And she might end up rescuing herself. In the process, or at least giving Cat Bane a headache, yeah, yeah. because <laughs> he's underestimating her. He, you know, he's dealt with Force users before, but Omega, even though she's not a Force user, she can still find ways. In his head, he sees a clone. That's all he sees. If he's if been he, told, if he's even told, told, yeah, he could. But it could just be a little girl that he's yeah, after. And, and we and we hear it in his oh, sorry, little lady. Yeah, you know, like. So so dismissive, like, uh, you know, I'm going to have to take you down. Right, right, yeah. And that's going to be the weak point, because yeah. you know what? She ain't just a little lady. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like <laughs> this is going to come back and bite him in the yeah. butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Tech ends up giving her a task to do, which is to take the master information and I just I love how tech and even everyone else in the group just sees how she's very capable in doing these things and just being another member of the Bad Batch you know they're, they don't think of her as a child that they should just um, put they, aside because she can't do it they they limit themselves in terms of what they do each of them do but they don't limit her right they don't see that limitation in her. Yeah, yeah. You know? And they want her to have all of these skills. skills. And if this is an opportunity for her to learn, then by all means, yeah. I'm going to bring you in so that you can learn. And that's exactly what he does. I'm curious what they're going to do with the Master Drive. Uh, and whether that's going to be for Sid yeah. or if it's going to be for Rex, like how we mentioned earlier, or something else entirely. We don't know. And then she asks Tech something very interesting. Tech. What was the war like? It was a primary mission objective, comprised of battles on various fronts. But what was it like? Hmm? I just told you. And, and he gives her such a dry answer. He gives her a tech answer. Yeah, a tech answer. And, and more of like a textbook answer, Sorry, too. Yeah. And he just explained what they did, but he didn't explain what it felt like. 
to be in in a war. And and Jen asked, you know, we finally got a tech and Omega conversation. It, it was too short, but I do wonder what was going through Tech's head when he answered Omega's question about the war. They would have been on so many missions with such different circumstances for each that it would have been hard to nail down the war in a few words, especially for a theoretical neuro- neurodivergent such as himself. He he is more of a cause and effect guy. Right. This happened. This is what's going to happen now. So, so, you know, it's like he has situations. He learns from them. He 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 moves forward to the next one. Right. It, it's sort of like um, he doesn't have a specific emotion as to am I mad? Am I, uh, am I happy? Am I this or am I that? He just knows the cause and the effect. Right. That's it. And I was curious, why do you think the writers had Omega ask that question? Is it foreshadowing the kind of life she's going to have? Because they are on the verge of a civil war and it's going to explode and, and be this thing that happens for the next 19 years. And she's very young and she might be part of that. So I feel like it's sort of foreshadowing the kind of life she's going to have moving forward. I see it twofolds, foreshadowing what she's going to be living through and her wanting to understand it a bit more. And two, a moment for tech to stop thinking like a computer Mm -hmm. and feel feel something and realize, oh, wait, it's more than just an answer. Mm-hmm. She she wants something more. Right. She's looking for a different response. Right. Not just the data. Yes. She wants context to that data. Yes. Because we, we, we know they all need to start thinking outside their boxes. And I feel like Hunter, Hunter, even Wrecker and Echo would have answered that question very differently. Echo for sure. Because he's experienced war as a soldier and as a prisoner of war, whereas the other two, the other three haven't. So they all would have had different answers. So it's interesting that they had her ask that question in that moment to Tech. And, And I feel like also, like what you just said, that this might have Tech maybe undergo some sort of character development because we haven't really seen him go through that. No. You know, he's he's a very much a constant character. He has his traits. He has his way of approaching things. But it will be interesting to see him acknowledge some of these other parts that make him tech as well or make him human. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that will be interesting. Omega also knows now what it's like to be in a war. You lose people. She saw Hunter go down. And that's what happens in war. You see your friends. You see your comrades go and, and when she asked that question, I was like, well, I hope she doesn't get to experience that. And of course, of course that's exactly, exactly what she sees. <laughs> that's exactly what she experiences. And I just wanted to throw this question out there. It doesn't really have anything to do with the episode. But assuming that Omega is a Jango Fett clone, do you think Boba Fett, being the son of Jango Fett, the unique son, because he ages normally, he's not accelerated, would accept Omega as like quote unquote his baby sister. I in the process of thinking about bounty hunters, I thought, oh my god, what if Boba Fett shows up? Shows up. <laughs> what if he plays a part in this too? And then I thought, oh wow, how's that going to work with Omega if she's a Jango Fett clone? Is he going to think of her as 
oh, she's just another one of those clones that I don't like because they remind me of my father? Or is he going to be like, oh, wow, this is a very unique thing that connects me to my dad even more? And I have no idea. <laughs> I was curious if you if you thought about that. Um, I, I don't know. I, at this point, how old will, will Boba Fett be? Well, Boba, I will say he was around 12 or 13 in the Clone Wars when we saw him in those younger episodes. So maybe he's like 15, 16, maybe reaching 17 right about now. I, I don't really know. I'm just throwing numbers out there. <laughs> so he's in like his teens, I would say. You know what? It, it could work either way because um, he could just see another clone, but he he could also see the uniqueness. Right. And, and take a, a shine to that, to the fact that she's unique, she's different, she's not like the others. Especially if, because we don't know much about Django and Boba Fett's relationship. You know, we know that they loved each other, that they were a father and son. But what else did Boba learn from his dad? Did he did he learn that maybe his dad had a sister, if that's the case? Because in Legends, he did. Django Fett did have a sister, Arla Fett, I want to say that was her name. And she was blonde. So it could be that in knowing his father's past and knowing his father's family, it, it could be that he connects that information that he's learned from his dad when he was alive to Omega if he were to see her in person. person yeah, It's a very interesting line of story. Right? And yeah. I, I don't think they're going to touch on it because I feel like Boba Fett is one of those things that they have to, you know, do carefully. And with the show, the Boba Fett show coming out later this year, it's like... Let's not oversaturate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe yeah. they, they might insert them in there. Who knows? Um, especially since, and we're going to go right into it right now, the Kaminoans express that there is more than one bounty hunter out there. So we now have confirmation that the Kaminoans are behind what's going on. It wasn't Dryden Voss. It wasn't the Emperor. And it wasn't Maul. It was the Kaminoans as, yeah. you know... I didn't think it was going to be any of those just because you had to put a lot of more story elements in there, mm -hmm. story plot points in there to, to get to that point. But uh, in the conversation between Nala Say and Lama Su, he stresses that there's more than one bounty hunter and he doesn't care what happens to Omega as long as she's brought back in one piece. Prime Minister. We can no longer delay. The Empire's mission on Brock opposes a threat to our contingency plan. I will have to call upon further assistance. Is that wise? We already have someone handling matters. As long as one of these bounty hunters deliver the young clone intact, that is all that should concern us. And I just, I found that so fascinating because Nala Say, you could see it see in her, her face. face. She doesn't like that. No, she wants her alive. alive. Do you think she created Omega as a daughter figure? Because there seems to be a connection there. She let her go at the beginning of the series. She wants her to be safe. She wants her to be alive. She hired Fennec who is part of the Bounty Hunters Guild. And I was curious, I was like, well, what makes her think that Fennec is going to do the job right? And it's because Fennec is part of that guild, and that guild has an honor code where they follow the yeah. rules. They're going to follow that code, and that's why she hired Fennec, because she's going to bring her in safely and alive. Whereas these other Bounty Hunters who aren't part of the guild are going to do whatever it takes it, to, bring, it, her it, in, to yeah. bring her in. So 
do you think that she created her not as like a contingency plan, but more as like the need to have, you know, a girl as a daughter? I don't think so, but it surely developed that way. Yes, as um, Omega grew. Yeah, maybe. You know, it's one of those unexpected things to come out out of a, a situation. She may have worked on and experimented to bring Omega to life like she would any other clone. But in doing whatever science she did to bring this unique clone to being she started to develop a relationship yes with that yeah with this kid now so now it's more than i'm your creator like with all the other clones and you're my property from my property yeah. it's more of i really feel for you I, I feel something and she might actually see her as a person yeah rather than as property and and, and like with anybody who likes to think themselves as god oh yes she may have that field there, that 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 seed there. With you're my creation, how you know you you're perfect. You're no nobody can touch you. Nobody's right. gonna touch you. You're mine. Right. Oh yeah, I could see you that know? too. Yeah. And in that and in that way, who knows what she may be capable of doing yeah. in order to protect her creation. That's true. Oh, she could stab Lamasu in the back, back. Caesar yeah. style. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. She, I mean, she did go out of her way to uh, drug fives. Yeah. In order for them to preserve their their plan, their business relationship with the empire, with the republic at the time. So it's yeah, you never know what she's going to do. Yeah. To make sure that yo, that's so interesting to think yeah. about now. Oh, I'm so I'm so intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> it could lead to Lama Su's untimely death. Yeah. <laughs> It could lead to the the fall of the Kaminoans. That's true. Yeah. It could be an internal thing rather than the Empire Empire. doing it. Oh, snap, Mommy. (laughs) And then what do you think? Because we talked about it before, but we didn't have as much information. And we still don't have as much information. But what do you think is their contingency plan? It has to do with Omega. And they talked about having some sort of advanced clone trooper type of thing to be able to the perfect clone yeah to be able to continue this operation with the empire to show themselves that they are able to be uh, a contributing part in this whole wheel that they have and so i i don't know i feel like there's more to it but we just don't know what it is I, <laughs> like I, is, I, is omega just genetic material to lamasu because he said intact and so I feel like maybe she's just genetic stuff to him. And it doesn't matter as long as we have her whole to be able to do what we need to do. And I just don't know. Uh, I don't know either. Is this, I'm, I'm very, very um, intrigued by, by what it is. But also worried. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because what if this, what if because Nala Se is reacting the way she is, maybe it's because she knows that it's going to result in Omega's death and she doesn't want that. Yeah. No, it, it, it definitely, she knows that when he meant intact, he didn't mean alive. Exactly. Yeah, oh, man. All right. So now let's move into Cad Bane. Woo! Cad Bane. Patty asked, did either of you expect for Cad Bane to show up and succeed in capturing Omega? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, very western. Very western. Did you did you expect to see him, mommy? Uh well, I'm going to be honest. The moment I heard the western te- theme, yeah, because it starts a little bit before. Yeah, you yeah. can hear it. Yeah. I went in my head I went like western. I, the first thing I thought Mandalorian. Oh. <laughs> because we know that yeah. that's an underlining yeah, thing yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah. in the Mandalorian, that's this true. western shootout kind of, you yeah. know, thing. But in I, I completely have forgotten. I knew Cabane, but I completely have forgotten that Cabane is this western like individual character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that's why I reacted the way I did when they show his face. Well, actually, not his face, his hat. Yeah. And he spoke, and I went, holy sh**, Jonah. <laughs> it was so funny because at first you were like, who's this? Who's this? And then that's when you you, you let it yeah, all out. Because I, I, I heard it, and I said, I cannot be a Mandalorian. Like, uh, but I did hear the Western thing, and like I said, I completely forgot yeah. that this is the the the, the theme behind Cabin. He has this Western yeah. kind of feel to him, and the way he talks and everything. You the know, kind of, the Kiner team really outdid themselves with that because that was space Western for sure. Which, yeah, yeah. And I know the shootout, the, yeah, the, the, the standing, oh, that was so looking great. in the eyes, yeah, each other, and <laughs> so for me. I wasn't expecting him, which is funny because I did mention him, him yeah. earlier in the episodes. I said, oh, you know, people think Cat Bane is behind wanting to steal Omega. His name just completely left my mind. So when Lama Su was talking about it, I said, oh my gosh, what if it's Bosk? What if it's Embo? What if it's Boba Fett? And I was throwing all these other names except for Cad Bane. So when I saw him, I thought, oh my God, I had no idea. But when it came to succeeding, because Patty asked, do you think he was going to succeed in capturing Omega? I knew the moment I saw him that he was going to succeed succeed. in doing that. Because I thought, oh man, Cad Bane. And then I thought, oh no, Cad Bane, because he's going to shoot Hunter. Yeah. And he's going to do whatever it takes. And this guy can be ruthless. Yep, that little robot, evil little robot. <laughs> Toto, I, th- I think Toto. It's a, I think it's the only robot I don't like. <laughs> oh, he's voiced by Seth yeah. Green, so I just he's so uh, evil. I love that he was able to come back to do that, and Corey Burton, of course, for voicing Cad Bane. It's just I, so good. And, and there's a moment leading up to that duel where you see Omega and the look on her face and it's sort of like it's exuding confidence like she's confident in Hunter being able to take down this guy it's Hunter you know yeah. and, and we know that in the in the earlier part of the series she was mimicking him she was copying Hunter how do you think this is going to affect her like if Hunter can't do this what chance do i have i, I, I honestly i think opposite Oh, okay. I think, like, this is going to be, like, the moment she just goes on full clone all abilities, no holes bar. Yeah, and that's why I think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to show up on Kamino right away. I feel like that's going to be a missed opportunity if they do. I feel like they're going to give us the transition episode where we're going to see her in Cad Bane's ship. And I think we're going to see what Omega is really about. You know, we don't know what her purpose is. And that's the lingering question that we've had. And I think that's going to culminate and really come to fruition in this next episode or in the following episode who knows but uh, yeah it, i think it's leading somewhere yeah if if the next episode is not 
Omega uh, getting to Camino. And it's not about the Bad Batch coming to their own and starting to think outside the box. It has to be about Omega coming into her own. Yes, I think so. It has to happen. In her ordeal while being transported by Cat Bane. Yeah. We've seen her on Camino by herself, not able to flourish. She goes with the Bad Batch, but then the Bad Batch... I, I, I don't think they limit her, but they also don't understand her potential. Mm-hmm. And so they don't know how to bring it out of her. And I feel like now that she's back to being by herself again in a dangerous situation, I think we're going to see some of that stuff manifest. And it, it's I think it's going to be really cool, whatever it is. Like, I don't expect her to have force abilities or anything like that, but I expect her to use... Some of the things that we know she's capable of and the things that she's learned. Yeah. I also really loved Hunter's first point of view when he gets up and, you know, you only see him from his perspective and you see Wrecker and he's like, where's Omega? It's like the games. Yeah, it's like a video game. Yeah, exactly. They, they, They did that very nicely. And it brought me back. There was a Rebels episode through Imperial Eyes with Callus, where mm-hmm. we see his first point of view. You know, he, he gets up, he goes to the door, he sees the alarms going off. Yep. A stormtrooper comes in and says, we're being attacked or something like that. Then he goes over, turns on the faucet, the light goes on, and then you see him in the, in the mirror. And I thought, oh, that's so cool. And they were going to do the whole episode like that. But then they didn't have enough time or the budget to do so. And I thought, oh, I... I that that would be so cool if they could do that for like a whole episode just to see something from their perspective. And we do see that a little bit here again. And I thought, oh, that's so neat that they were able to do that for Hunter. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that it symbolizes all he did this entire time was trying to protect Omega. Yeah, yeah. Omega was his priority. His squad is his priority. But then he loses her and it literally throws his world upside, upside down. down. Yeah. And that's why we see the chaos from his perspective. And I thought that's so cool that they did that. And then, of course, the duel between Cad Bane and Hunter is uh, a nod, I guess you could say, to an unfinished arc, unfortunately. They never gave us the, the final version of it, but they gave us a clip from it. And it was basically Cad Bane and Boba Fett standing similarly from that distance, about to have a shootout. And Boba Fett and Cad Bane both fall. And you you get from that end of the clip that the 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 dent on Boba Fett's helmet, mm-hmm. the very noticeable dent, is a result of that fight with Cad Bane. And Cad Bane also fell, so you get the impression that he died. And you're like, what? Oh, what's going to happen from this point forward? So I think that took place. I I want to say that was a Clone Wars type of situation. It happened during the Clone Wars era. So because of the fact that we didn't get it, Cad Bane, if he were to die in that arc, obviously didn't die because he's here now. But I'm curious whether we might see something similar again later on between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. So even though Cad Bane is alive right now, it might not be the case later on. on. (laughs) (laughs) So it will be interesting. And and of course, his clothes, too, was it was really cool to see because those were the same clothes he was going to wear in that arc. So he, he survived to see another day. Yeah. But we don't well, know for we how, don't much, know much. Yeah. how much longer. How many more days? <laughs> and the Bad Batch, you know, the Bad Batch still don't know that the Kaminoans are behind, behind all of this. this. And it's like, oh, you guys, I wish I could shake you. Yeah, um, but you, you also have to think that, you know, 
we're in the outside. Yes. We're the audience. We know. We know more we than know. they know. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so. And then, and like, I get that there's a rift between the Kaminoans and the Empire that they don't know about. Totally understand. But there have been clues pointing to Omega's uniqueness. You know, you had Cut saying, what purpose was she created for? The Kaminoans create for a purpose. Uh, you have Rex, who's like, wow, I've never seen a clone like you before. You know, all of these things should be firing in their heads. Like, what is the purpose? It could be that the Kaminoans made her with a purpose. Maybe the Kaminoans want her back for that purpose, whatever that purpose is. And it's like, guys, come on, you, you know, you, there are little things here that you should be picking <laughs> up on. <laughs> but because of the fact that they don't know, will they require Fennec's assistance moving forward? Because Fennec knows because she was hired by Nalase directly. So it could be that coming up soon, we might see the Bad Batch seeking her out or Nalase contacted Fennec to find them because she doesn't want Omega to fall into the wrong hands. So she might send Fennec so that they can get the answers as to who hire. Exactly. And then that's how we can get possibly more Hunter and Fennec interactions, falling in love. Oh my God, here we go. (laughs) The ship has to come back. Yes, of course. It's sailing high in my seas, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it could be possible that we could see them interacting. Maybe it won't be a mutual thing. Maybe they capture her and they have to force it out of her. But it could be that they make a deal with her. And in addition to owing Sid, they might have to owe Fennec as well. Oh, maybe the information that they have, the master drive information, maybe they offer it to Fennec as some sort of compensation and payment. So who knows? We'll see. And something I wanted to note, Cad Bane and Crosshair are the toothpick kings. Like they just have toothpicks and they make it look so cool. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that the fact that they have toothpicks, at least for Cad Bane, he had a toothpick because originally they had the idea of him having cigarettes, but then it's a kid's show. You don't really want to perpetuate the idea that smoking is cool so they switched it out for a toothpick and it's been his thing all this time and then crosshair has a toothpick and i just i love that i really do love their toothpick thing (laughs) (laughs) oh cad bane saying sorry little lady i couldn't help but hear a little bit of an actual sorry when he said that or or did you think it was more like of a mocking sort of way like ah you know sorry this is what life is sorry little lady Uh, yeah I, i feel like it's more of uh, you know what uh, this is what I have to do I see you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there was a little bit in there that I thought oh, maybe he is genuinely sorry that he has to do this I don't know no I don't know, no I don't <laughs> think so uh, it, it was more of a condescending ah. uh, I, I am better than you yeah you're coming with me yeah you know? <laughs> like you maybe. have no choice maybe and and lastly, you know, it's it's so interesting to see Cad Bane too because he is the reason why the Martez sisters lost their parents because of the whole hunt for Zero, letting Zero out of his imprisonment, that chase throughout the city eventually led to the Martez sisters losing their parents. So, and I wonder if the Martez sisters are aware who was behind that and what if they were ever in a situation where they meet the person that responsible for that. 
And I know Cad Bane is cool, but the Marta sisters to me are cooler. And if they had their chance, I feel like they could get their, you know, avenge their parents in some way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, what's to come? So we have, in one of the trailers, Fennec is seen holding a blaster. And we have not seen that shot. It wasn't in Cornered, so it's obvious that Fennec is going to come up again. So I'm wondering whether she's pointing her blaster at Cad Bane. Uh, this whole time, I thought she was pointing it at the Bad Batch. But what if she's pointing it at Cad Bane? And I thought, oh, the, man. The, the duel of the bounty hunters. Yeah, can you imagine? Woo. Because she's also a great shot. Oh, yeah. And you have Cad Bane, who's a great shot. Can you? Oh, that would be so cool in my head. So I just, I want that to happen now. And, you know, of course, she's probably holding it at the Bad Batch, too, especially if they intend to get information out of her. Another thing is, assuming Omega can rescue herself... And she was in Cad Bane's ship. Imagine if there was another bounty, another person that he captured in that ship, and they worked together. <laughs> what if that person is Hondo? <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> just came to my mind randomly while doing the show notes, and I thought, can you imagine if that's oh, how le- Hondo... Le- le- let me tell you something. <laughs> that, uh, oh, my God. That, I-, I would be so ecstatic. <laughs> It would be so funny if Hondo shows up that way, where he's like a bounty in Cad Bane's ship. It could be that this is when he starts liking kids. Oh, I mean, he, well, yeah, he liked he liked kids when uh, Katuni, the the whole Jedi, young yeah, Jedi. yeah, yeah. But it could be that you know he he has an affinity for oh, kids. And, and all all the the fact that he started liking kids before and now, okay, yeah, I, I have to. You help. know, kids kids are cool. I, have I, I to like help kids because they're you know, fun. They're they're like me in yeah, a way, like, more yeah. mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> so funny but yeah oh. I, I just thought that could be a scenario oh my God. I don't think it's going to happen but how cool would it be <laughs> if it um, and assuming Omega isn't able to rescue herself and Cad Bane successfully takes her to Kamino could we potentially see Crosshair's chip if it's still functioning being taken out by Omega because she now knows the process yeah so what if this happens sooner rather than later because I thought that was going to be the end goal here and I thought they were going to take out the chip as like a you know we need to save our brother and what if Omega is the one to do it beforehand and I thought oh that would be interesting if they do it sooner rather than later and then he stays behind as like an informant of some kind or something i don't think it's going to happen because obviously that not having the chip is going to give him away but it would be cool if they like subvert our expectations that way yeah and of course there are more and more fennec and hunter interactions oh of course (laughs) that could potentially happen yeah (laughs) okay yeah yeah okay okay Okay. yeah 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 Yeah. okay (laughs) And, and some final thoughts. The troopers walking around in the halls. You know, I, I guess you could put some symbolism in there because it's a Jedi cruiser. The Jedi cruiser is now decrepit. It's, it's falling apart. It's representing the, the Republic, you know, how it died. But the Empire continues to march on throughout the galaxy. And I just thought that was really cool, that contrast That's- between... The Jedi the cruiser, and the yeah, and then the what's what's going forward. Um, I love how Cad called Hunter son, son. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you ain't got nothing on me, me, son. <laughs> just I really love that. I mean, that's not what he said, but I just I love that. That's the implication. Yeah. <laughs> and I love when Record tries to open the door to get to the torpedoes the uh proton torpedoes, and he's like trying to open Babe, it using brute force, <laughs> yeah. and then Omega just comes and. Holds his hand, yeah. like, wait, there's another way. Pushes a button, and <laughs> poop. 
and I, I love how that reminded me of Kaz in Star Wars Resistance, where he's trying to open the great door, and he's, like, trying and trying, and all of a sudden, Kel and Ayla go on the other end and then pull it out really easily, <laughs> and it's because he was trying to open it from the wrong, wrong end. Yep. <laughs> I, just, I just got the same vibe between Kaz and Wrecker. And any final thoughts, Mommy? Any other thoughts you had about the episode? Now I'm I, I, I spoken all I have uh, I, I was gonna be speaking. <laughs> there was a lot, a lot happened, and Woo! this episode's already running way too long uh, yeah. because there was just so much to say about it. Um, but going into listener reviews and thoughts, we have two more iTunes reviews, and I thought, ah, oh, that's so cool, I gotta read them. So Mickey Mir said, while you might associate Bubbles as a fluffy, superficial piece, Jonah and Maria are anything but. They address the hard part and piece out the lines between all the Star Wars animated masterpieces. It's always a joy to listen to them ruminating over the the latest developments. Oh my god! (laughs) Thank you! Um, And then Shadow from Space said, Great geeky podcast. This mother and daughter team is awesome. They complement each other with different perspectives. John Marie has has such a great laugh. I love how truly into the shows they both are. It's even fun when John Marie brings up possibilities that are more realistic. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) In parentheses, thanks, Dave. Um, Her mom and I are of the same generation while Jonna Marie is part of the younger fan base. This combination works great. I'm so happy they share something like Star Wars together. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I, I pulled my mom into it. So. Yeah. <laughs> she was a fan, but then she wasn't like me kind no, of a fan. Like, I, I, I'm the, the fan that stays uh, in the shadows and enjoys. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. you know, when it comes in conversation, I speak about it and you will see it, but that's as far as I would have gone. Yeah, yeah. Then she, this one comes, wouldn't it be great? <laughs> and me being the mom that always just, I just like, I, I just want her to be happy. Oh, that's all. Thank and, you, mommy. Um, so going into listener thoughts, Hassan said, I like to say, hot damn, Cad Bane is here. <laughs> <laughs> the high noon showdown with Hunter with the music was amazing. I was not surprised that Hunter lost. I thought Hunter was down for good. Thank goodness for better armor. Yeah, I, yeah. I was worried there for a second. And Hassan continued to say, the strategy between Bad Batch and Crosshair was outstanding. They both know each other's tendencies. Crosshair got hurt really bad. I wonder if he's closer to being the first Death Trooper. Thoughts? Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. I, I'm not sure what they have planned for him but it would be yeah interesting to see uh and then hassan said i'm guessing the reason for lamasu wanting omega back is part of their uprising for the clones maybe omega is order 67 also wrecker and omega's growing bond is a wonderful thing as always may the force be with you and may the force be with you too is there an order 67 no and that's the thing (laughs) order 67 when you google it it comes up as part of the Star Wars fanon wiki. And what fanon means is that it's fan-made. Gotcha. So they're all fan-made ideas. And Order 67 is a fan-made idea. Apparently it has something to do with establishing diplomatic relations with the Sith Order. Um, but it's not a thing. And so I'm sorry to say it's not. But Lama Su wants Omega for one thing. And I think it's her genetic material um, because he doesn't care if she arrives alive All or dead. All he wants is the survival of their operation. Exactly. And and continue having that relationship with the Empire. 
And and Jen said, no fair that Hunter can keep his gorgeous locks while Tech has that ridiculous side cut. And judging by Tech's facepalm, I want us. I want to know what Plan Seven is now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do want to know what Plan Seven is now. <laughs> and about Tech's side cut, you know, it actually when I saw the episode again, when I rewatched it, I saw it and I thought, oh, that side cut looks really good on him. He should have shaved the other side to match because it really does look good. <laughs> and and my my friend and I were thinking the same thing. And so I, I hope he gets the idea that maybe he should shave off the other side too. <laughs> and then uh, Jen also said, my headcanon is that apart from his ne- nearsightedness, the yellow tint on his goggles also filters out the blue light from Tech's tablet. <laughs> yeah. It could be. I need one of those. I know, right? <laughs> so thank you so much, Jen, Hassan, and, and everyone who's left us reviews, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's always awesome to, to read them and, 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 and get other perspectives. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes validation of what we have said. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely one of my favorite parts of the whole podcast. So Yay. keep it coming. Yeah, for sure. I would like to read out more during the show. And, and that's it. That's it for today's episode. The next time you hear from us, we'll be talking about the ninth episode of The Bad Batch. But before that... Then where can listeners find you, Mommy? Listeners can find me on Twitter with the handle at Hubian214. And listeners can find me on Twitter with the handle at BlueJGuys and GeekyBubble with the handle at GeekyBubblePod. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so by emailing GeekyBubblePodcast at gmail.com. And may the force be with you. Always. Give me more!